Hi, everyone. This is Patrick Luce, economist and speaker here, ITR Economics. And thank you so much for tuning in for this quarter's report review. And just excited to roll up our sleeves and dig in and talk about what, what the economy is doing and what it really means for the association and your, your market specifically. And got to dig into just the bigger, broader picture that we are still seeing the signals and signs that we're turning towards a recession especially when we think about the industrial production space and manufacturing, the major majority of evidence points just to further rate of change decline. Uh, when we look at the 312 rate of change, it's just above zero right now, around 0.2%, and the 1212 rate of change through June at about 1.6%. We are seeing that downside pressure uh, across a variety of markets. It is very important to know your markets, which ones are facing a little more uh, downside pressures and others. And now's the time to really lose the losers and mind the winners. And when I say that is uh, looking at the business segments of the economy, find the ones where our, your profitability is holding up a bit better from a customer standpoint, from a deployment standpoint, so that you can be a bit more buffered uh, during the, the backside of the business cycle. And I know I I've talked about recession uh, a couple of times uh, to this group. I do want to point out that we expect U.S. industrial sector to remain competitive over the long term. We have tremendous nearshoring and onshoring trends. So lead with confidence through the upcoming contraction and potentially look into revisiting your capital expenditure plans today so that you can be prepared for an environment of lower prices and easing interest rates from mid to late 2024. Now, as this all relates to our broader forecast, industrial production, you can see flashed up here, we're looking at that 12-month moving average hitting a pretty near-term peak. Uh, again, the, the signals are that the recessionary trends will start to emerge really towards the end of this year and then persist through the majority of 2024. Now, the timing of that is largely underpinned by the interest rate environment. So we are monitoring the Federal Reserve actions and the risks associated of a prolonged yield curve inversion. I do want to get into that. Uh, also got to keep an eye on the supply chain pressures and what that means for inflation and the pricing environment, how consumers and business health is holding up right now to really buffer some of the downside pressure in the economy, especially as we look at banks who are tightening their credit standards. So really, that's my focus for today and kind of starting with that first point about the Federal Reserve and about the interest rate environment. That tone can change so quickly. And we've launched this Fed Watch uh, that our CEO, Chief Economist Brian, produces uh, every Every Friday, uh, about five minute video. It's great to grab a cup of coffee, maybe go on a walk and listen to just some of his thoughts and sentiments towards what he's hearing and seeing uh, from the Federal Reserve towards the interest rate and money supply environment, and what that means to our outlooks, what it means to your business. So I would recommend that Fed watch. Uh, this chart here is just that 10 year, three month yield curve inversion that we talked about last time. I would continue to check in on this. Uh, back in June, the Federal Reserve met and chose to pause uh, their interest rate hikes. Uh, and I say pause intentionally. It sounds like they will be increasing at least another 25 basis point increase uh, this next FOMC meeting with the potential for another increase of a quarter basis or a quarter percent. That 
what I'll say is generally accommodated within our expectations of the economy for 2024. Uh, if they push harder uh, and longer beyond those, that would certainly pose a risk. But that sentiment, those trends uh, aren't likely to cause us to make any major revisions to our forecast. The bigger piece that we heard Chairman Powell say is that he's waiting to see significant decreases in inflation before they bring down the federal funds target rate. And that is a very fluffy way to say things, uh, significant decreases. That would be uh, realistically what we've already seen in the consumer price index and what we've seen in the producer price index. Uh, the likelihood is uh, they'll wait until it's to that more core inflationary target of two and a half percent. That's something that we're going to continue to watch because uh, anything that might prolong bringing down the interest rates, the federal funds target rate, could prolong this yield curve inversion, which realistically what that means for our forecast is it could prolong and extend uh, the recessionary trends into 2025 or delay the recovery that we are currently expected for 2025. So just wanted to flesh that out as a core risk to our outlooks. Uh, this is nothing that we have uh, changed our forecast on uh, as a result of, but want to make sure that we are messaging and signaling to have that backup plan prepared for 2025. And really, most of our, our, our core guidance right now is if you're looking into making key investments, it's towards things like process efficiencies, operational efficiencies, automation, things that can help with the labor environment, help protect your margins. Uh, those are still very, very much in play if we go into a more prolonged extended recession into 2025. Now, talking about prices, I know this is a space that might have a, a little bit of signaling that there is some cool down occurring. I'm looking at the consumer price index from a 312 rate of change. That's that dark blue line uh, relative to the supply chain pressures, which have largely abated in aggregate. I know there's still some uh, individual electrical components and pumps and generators that are still causing some slowdowns. I think some of that is related to just capacity issues from a labor standpoint and trying to produce, transport, work through backlogs. Uh, but the broader broader indication is that the supply chain network uh, is largely uh, unlevered or eased from what we were experiencing a year, two years ago. And that's going to continue to place downward pressure on inflation. Got to focus on those macroeconomic fundamentals of supply and demand. If demand is cooling off and supply chain pressures are easing, that's going to continue to cause prices to cool off. Now, the supply chain pressure index, that blue light blue line, has about an eight-month lead. So it's continuing to suggest further uh, disinflation within the consumer price index. But I do want to point out a couple of things. Uh, we are seeing disinflation in food prices and energy is working in bringing down these inflationary pressures. What's counterbalancing that is the labor market. So the labor market and the wage pressures are pushing that up. Uh, that mostly works its way through the service industry specifically because those costs are primarily labor-based. And that's where a lot of our spending is continuing to happen is within the service industry. Now, the risk is that we continue to see more positive labor news and headlines, and that might give the Federal Reserve some caution in bringing down the interest rates or even push them to push the interest rates up further. 
So again, interest rate market is a risk. The labor news that we continue to hear that it's tight. We're seeing job openings so elevated. Unemployment is very low right now. It's a little bit up off of historical lows or long-term lows, that is, uh, but still very low right now. And so that's going to continue to place upward pressure on wages, especially when I factor in those reshoring and onshoring trends I mentioned, and that's going to buffer some of the otherwise downward pressure that we're seeing in prices. And I do want to point out one more thing when we're thinking about our estimate and forecast for the pricing environment, because we expect the labor market to remain tight throughout this decade, and because we are experiencing the reshoring and onshoring trends that are placing some upward pressure on prices, when the economy starts growing again, I mean, our estimates is in 2025, we're expecting to see a pulling back up of the inflation. Uh, so we're not expecting the 2020s to remain low at that two sub 2% inflationary levels in that CPI like we were experiencing in the 2010s during that period of globalization. This is going to be something worth considering as I talk about making key capital investments, as I talk about making investments in uh, automation process efficiencies, is there's going to be a more opportunity coming from a buy low environment. Not only is inflation cooling off, the producer price index uh, is in a 112 rate of change deflationary trend. And a large piece of that is commodities. So if you are looking to make those investments, uh, the pricing environment says that it's going to be a little bit better next year, as is the interest rate environment based upon what the Fed is saying in their dot plot and the overall slowing growth and oh, uh, other words, uh, recession that is going to merge in the economy. That's going to create an interest rate environment that's a little bit easier today, as well as a pricing environment. So capital investments uh, are something that worth considering right now, getting those plans in place and deploying them in mid to late 2024 and being prepared for the growth that we expect to come in 2025. Very similar uh, discussion can happen with inventories. Inventories in the economy are very bloated right now. Prices are still generally growing. Uh, from an overall perspective, uh, when I look at the 312 and 1212 rates of change, uh, the downward pressure in prices says that inventories uh, should be easier to rebuild in the 2024 timeline as well. So if you have a lot of excess inventory, try to work that down so you can take advantage of that buy low opportunity that's going to come. Mentioned also the, the consumer and business financial health. I do want to Take a little look at the, the scorecard here as far as it relates to the ability to service debt loads. Consumers are relying more heavily on debt to fund their purchases. Credit card balances and delinquency rates are rising. Uh, that is something that we have fully expected, but do want to point out it's not a serious concern. And maybe that's yet, but it's not a serious concern when I look at auto loan delinquency rates. Uh, they're just, just a little bit above the five-year low. Credit card delinquency rates are increasing, but still below the 10-year average, and residential delinquency rates, the lowest they've been in 16 years. And so, again, while we are seeing these percentages creep upwards, uh, the overall, overall debt load is still manageable. That's a key takeaway and a key reason why we're thinking this will be a more mild than usual recession, because we do have decent consumer health as we head towards it. And then the other piece, too, is looking at the businesses and bankruptcies and delinquency rates are also very low, but profits 
uh, we're seeing the pullback in profits about down by about 6% since the high in September, the third quarter of 2022. Now, this is just giving those signals that businesses are going to be pulling back from their investments. So if you think about the material handling environment, uh, the likelihood is that it's going to cause some, some pullback in activity. And I think where that space comes into play is to be able to trumpet competitive advantages, things that you do to make sure that you can enhance profit margins, abate the pressures of the labor market, and find ways to gain some market share during the cyclical decline. And that's how you can uh, come out on top uh, during this business cycle. And I'm thinking about the banks and thinking about businesses, there, there is some downside pressure, or some, I'd say a good bit of downside pressure coming from the tightening standards going on from banks. And this chart here is just taking a look at overall non-residential construction as it compares to tightening standards for commercial real estate construction and land development loans. And this is survey data. So it is a net number that light blue line about of 73.8% respondents that say they are tightening their standards for making those loans. And that light blue line is on an inverted basis. So anytime it goes down, it actually means that credit standards are tightening up. Now this has about a 12 month lead time to overall uh, construction in the non-residential space. And it's signaling that the accelerated growth that has been experienced in that space is going to turn back into slowing growth and eventually recession. And this is uh, true for warehousing construction, which is already in phase C after the Census Bureau released a uh, recent data revision that shows that that is in fact true that warehouse construction is slowing down. Uh, we also will experience that within manufacturing construction, which has had an absolute rise and surge the past year um, with the more difficult access to funds, it will cool off that growth, as is the, the broader macroeconomic forces, the leading indicators. And so got to take a look at what the leading indicators are telling us. And the broader sense is that they are still signaling uh, more, more downward pressure, more uh, signals of that upcoming contraction. We do expect that to continue. But I do want to point out there are some green shoots. And what I mean by green shoots is see this direction there. Those dots there are red, signaling that the direction is down. The green shoots uh, would suggest some reversal to come. Uh, the big one to me is housing. Uh, affordability seems to be improving as prices and mortgage rates are flattening out and even coming down in certain circumstances. And you combine that with very low inventory and vacancy rates, we're seeing those signs of recovery. And housing starts, housing permitting activity, while it's not in that recovery yet, uh, they are signaling that they're uh, nearing a turning point into recovery. And those are a pretty solid leading indicator for the overall economic space, as is the ITR leading indicator. It had a recent tick up. Uh, and that could signal an earlier economic low than late 2024 timing that we're calling for. But I don't want to get too excited about that. It's not yet statistically significant. We're also skeptical of the viability because of the combination of other downside pressures we've outlined 
uh, and we're in more of a wait and see position with that ITR leading indicator. Um, other indicators like the ITR equity optimizer leading indicator, retail sales leading indicator, US total industrial capacity, utilization rate of change, those are still declining. So keep that in mind. Uh, one, one data point does not signal recovery. We are definitely going to continue to monitor those and talk about them in subsequent report reviews. And then we've got to bring it down to what the markets are seeing. Uh, again, as I mentioned, losing the losers. If there's established business segments not profitable right now, as the cool down is happening, uh, scale back from those and find the ones that are and try and gain some market share in those space to help protect yourself during the cyclical decline. I want to point out a couple of things about the indicators and your market dashboard. Uh, there was a large data revision from the Census Bureau um, that impacted U.S. non-defense capital goods new orders, uh, material handling equipment new orders, and warehouse construction specifically come to mind. It caused some revisions to our forecast, but the general uh, trajectories are relatively similar, albeit for material handling equipment, which we are expecting now to close out 2024 in accelerated growth. Uh, with that said, it, it's likely that the trends there will feel the recession a little bit sooner come end of this year. So that's a, a key revision, as is when we look at the warehouse space. Um, construction in private warehouses, basically that revision showed that the construction, while it was originally in phase B, based on the data they had released, uh, phase B accelerating growth, that is, the revised data showed that construction had transitioned to slowing growth in August of 2022. So we did revise our forecast accordingly. As I mentioned, we are looking at those uh, four, four indicators within that space as well, such as the tightening standards, such as the vacancy rates within non-residential construction and the pricing environment. And as a whole, we're seeing prices come down. We're seeing vacancy rates uh, start to uh, rise. And those are signaling that downside pressure there. With that said, more acute challenges in the office space relative to the industrial space. The industrial space, we are expecting to hold up a bit better relative to the offices. So keep that in mind. Last one I want to really touch upon on this chart is the auto sector, North America light vehicle production, still in accelerated growth. Uh, the global supply chain pressure index indicates that that supply chain pressures are below average and declining. And in the auto market, a rise in utilization rates for both automobile and part manufacturing is a positive sign of those improving supply chain conditions. Now, despite these encouraging supply side factors, we anticipate consumer demand will likely take a hit this year. And that's, that's logical. High interest rates will do that. So expect that production to decline as inventories are replenished and rebuilt in the auto sector. And the expectation is for a recession uh, as well come 2024. And keep in mind, when, when I think about the different various markets here, Orders are more likely to be canceled on the backside of the business cycle. So make sure you're insulated from that. From a contractual standpoint, make sure you have stipulations in place to hedge against the potential for cancellations. So wanted to thank you for your time. As always, if there's any questions, you can feel free to reach out to us. Uh, happy to talk through anything. And I hope you all enjoy the rest of your summer and look forward to checking in again next quarter. Thank you very much.
Have a great day.